Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. Today is May 14th, 2020. And so I'm going to tell you that uh, what we are going to see for the rest of this month is going to be just like this glorious, um, I want to say, uh, how do you, how do you say it in a nice, um, it's joyous. Okay. It's just going to be joyous. And then we're going to have a a whole lot of fakery, replace that with a U, happening up until Labor Day. I mean, you know, you wear, right, your your white pants in the Navy up until Labor Day, then you got a shift. And usually that's when you get down to the dirty work, when you're wearing darker colored pants. That's when things are really happening. So, so much is happening that I really wish the news would slow down just a little bit because there isn't enough time in a day, um, you know, for us to get to things. Uh, I, I can't get to it. I, I don't know how you guys are, but I'm definitely not able to, to get to where I need to be, uh, to get all the news concise or at least write it up for everyone, uh, so they can read it if they, uh, if I don't have time to talk about it. Uh, so it's, it's pretty frustrating on that point. Um, but what do we talk about today? Like, where do we start? Do we start with the fact that we've, uh, gone after a Republican senator first with, you know, showing that we go across party lines. <laughs> it's not a party thing. It's a corruption thing. And uh, it's interesting that Senator Burr was targeted, too, because there are interesting facts uh, that surround him uh, in regards to activities. So it's uh, I want to say it's an interesting first pick. Now, the president has been on a tweet storm, which I adore, and I'm going to play a few clips that he tweeted, and we're going to comment on these quickly. By the way, by the way, we've already given, we've given the largest tax cut in history. If we weren't so strong as a country, we wouldn't even exist right now. We built an incredible machine. It was a beautiful thing to watch. It was, I even said, three months ago, I was with a group of people, I say, Can you believe this? Every single day, better employment numbers, better stock market numbers, more jobs. The military is almost complete now. We've totally rebuilt everything. And then one day I have to turn it off. Now, what's going to happen, Maria? We're going to rebuild it again. And it's going to go fast. And by the way, we've already... It's going to be rebuilt again, and it's going to be super... Not fast, super fast. You've never seen an economy bounce the way it's going to bounce. And that's if they don't get away with what they're planning, which is a pretty big, you know, we've got 90 days between now, roughly 90 days between now and September, uh, which is where we need to let them think they're winning and, uh, you know, kind of hit them where the sun don't shine unexpectedly. Um, Listen to what President Trump says about the borders. We've, we've now built 182 miles of wall. You know what that is? 182 miles. We'll be at close to 500 miles by early next year. Of, of wall. new wall. Brand new. All brand new. And, and renovated too, but I'm not even talking about that. We're talking about over 500 miles of wall. And we have, 
you have to understand, I had a party totally, they want open borders, they want people pouring in, and even they don't mention it, you notice? I have all the financing, they didn't even bother with it at the end, because I turned out to be right. They didn't want to be the party that was opposed to having walls and having strong borders. But they are, they want open borders, they want people pouring into our country, and now, they look at it and they say they pour in. Do they have uh, COVID-19? Do they, what's the problem? You know, what problem do they have, okay? And so they want to stay away from that subject. But when you think of what we've done. Yep, they want to bring bring them in. Ask yourself why. I mean, we're going we're gonna to develop this because this is the discussion that we're going to have about the open borders and their plan while they're trying to implement it within the 90 days. But here is where it gets really good because Burr's phone being taken by the FBI, turns out he didn't get to image it like the DNC, is only the beginning. And I'll tell you why today. Um, I mean, I have talked about Burr before and, you know, I don't sit on party lines. I don't care what color you think you sit with. If you're corrupt, it's going to come out. So aside from possible insurance things that I know about uh, Senator Burr, I think it is important that um, we remember this. Join Anderson Cooper and Dr. Hold on. Uh, Senator Burr on CNN, um, where he talks about um, the collusion delusion, which is pretty interesting. And you'll start to understand why this is important. Intelligence Committee today, its leaders issuing a statement that puts that panel at odds with what the House Republicans said after their investigation of Russian meddling. Let's get straight up to Capitol Hill to CNN's Mano Rajumano. What's the big headline? Yeah, the big headline is the disagreement that the Senate Intelligence Committee has with the House Intelligence Committee. You'll recall uh, they both had investigated that 2017 assessment done by the intelligence community about what happened in 2016. And the intelligence intelligence community concluded that there was a, a cyber campaign orchestrated by Vladimir Putin to help President Trump become President Trump. Now, the House Intelligence Committee Republicans said that they disputed the analytical tradecraft behind that assessment, saying that there was no real uh, way to verify that Putin was trying to help Trump become president. Well, uh, the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee just put out a joint statement with Mark Warner, the top Democrat in the committee, and Richard Burr, the chairman of the committee, Republican chairman, says, quote, we see no reason to dispute the conclusions of that January 2017 assessment, much different than the what the House Republicans have been saying. And John, I've been talking to Republicans on this committee, including Senator John Cornyn, who just told me by and large, that assessment from 2017 was well done. So you're seeing a difference in the approach here and expect a report about what they ultimately concluded about how that assessment came together in a matter of days, John. Okay, now, now, now I want you guys, those of you that are on Twitter, saw a tweet I sent out about Chris Cuomo. Now, this uh, this report was from 2018, okay? Uh, this is uh, the Senate Intel Committee. Uh, at that time, I'll tell you who was there. The chairman was Richard Burr. The vice chairman was Mark Warner. Both of them I have written about in my Daniel J. Jones articles were texting with the people coordinating the meetings with Christopher Steele. 
In addition, the Republicans that were on that committee are James Rich, Marco Rubio, Susan Collins, Roy Blunt, James Langford, Tom Cotton, and John Cornyn. Republicans are more interesting, and you'll see about my tweet with Cuomo. Diane Feinstein, obviously connected to Daniel Jones, too. Ron Wyden, Martin Heinrich, Angus King, see ya, King, Joe Manchin, and Kamala Harris. So if you look at me, tweet, I ask, is Chris Cuomo still under quarantine? He's been there in the basement for like, what, a month and a half? Or is it because leakers like Joe Manchin love Chris? See, things are coming into focus. We don't see them, but here are the little clues. So listen to what else this video has to tell you from a little bit of travel back in time here. Manu Rana with the, Manu Raj with the breaking news on Capitol. Manu, appreciate that. Let's bring it into the room quickly. This is a big deal. Number one, the president of the United States is not going to like this. A Republican chairman, he helped win his last election campaign in 2016, uh, agreeing that the intelligence community, in his view, got it right when they said, A, Russia meddled, B, Russia meddled with the intent of hurting Clinton, helping Trump. But they didn't say, C, Russia succeeded. And it's right. Russia's, it, Russia is to, uh, you know, it, it, Russia gets the credit or the blame, depending how you look at it. Um, the other person who said under oath that the intelligence assessment was right is the woman who's probably going to be the president's new CIA director, Gina Haspel. She also supports it. So if he's going to you know, be upset with the Senate Republican. Isn't this video like super solid gold? Uh, you know, <laughs> when I wrote my article about Flynn yesterday and I put it up for you guys, <sighs> explaining liar liar it has that picture of obama with the really big nose you know i said where's gene haspel where is gene haspel can you hear the gold in this video it's telling you everything you need to know to see how this is going to go down so i tell you this for the next 15 days you're going to be like rah 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 and then they're going to cut it and i'm warning you now they're going to cut it you're going to think we're losing and i want to tell you for years now i've been writing i was with the huffington post obviously they totally erased any trace of my writings there the minute you know i started being conservative which i was all this time uh i started writing and i gave you everything you need to know i told you about the unmasking and wrote that in 2018 i had written it in 2017 but you know it was taken down by a conservative, very big, considered almost mainstream media conservative outlet um, because, you know, infiltration, oh, you know, around the board. I'm not even I'm not going to point them out. I'm not here uh, to cause, uh, you know, division because there's some good stuff coming out and bad stuff. And it's an IIA. I'm OK with it. Uh, you know, I, I know because you're under attack from all time. So, you know, I'm here to just give you the news the way it's intended, which is raw, raw, raw and naked. Uh, you know, in that article, Russiagate part three, I told you about Brennan and I also pointed out to that ambassador. The reason I pointed to that ambassador is because his children were actually assisting and funneling the funds. Now that should be coming into place soon. Um, 
So I've given you everything. Burr, Warner, they're in my articles when I was talking about how the whistleblower fingerprints tell me who wrote the report on the whistleblower. I've told the world they're there. So I want to take this moment to you guys and just let you know, as of once May is out, you're going to feel very, very discouraged. You are going to see us take a back seat and they're going to be punching hard. And that's for a purpose. Like I said, Labor Day, there's a purpose to that. And we have to let it play out. Let them look at the, this is where, you know, you're going to let them play out that insanity, say all these crazy things. And you're going to be like, come on, man. Are you serious? It, this isn't happening. How is this happening? Don't worry about it. I'll be right here, uh, you know, telling you how it's all going to come to. And I'm telling you now, enjoy the next 15 days because it's about to get real tough. Not for us, for them, but they'll look like they're winning. And it's important that they look like they're winning. Okay. It's important that they look like they're winning. I'm just going to say that while you listen to them tell you how that intelligence community assessment was so spot on and that it was Russia. But now we know it's BS. Now we know the intelligence community assessment was botched. It was all filled with foreign intelligence. Where's Gina Haspel? Here we go. Again, he's probably going to uh, also be upset with his own new CIA director. We assume she'll be you saw him after the house Intelligence Committee took the opposite view. Right. You saw the president tweet that out multiple times. I think we should start the counter clock, or the clock going <laughs> but to the to the Trump tweet on this because he's likely not to like this one very much. I borrow a phrase from my friend Wolf Blitzer. Not happening now. <laughs> That's right. No, yeah, he's not going to be pleased. Well, he was very happy with the House report. But he's also continue to insist there was no collusion, yeah. no evidence collusion, and I would think he'll go back to that yes. well. Yeah, I, I think that's right. No collusion, no collusion times uh, 100 on Twitter, witch hunt. Mm. Uh, that's what he's going to do going forward. And, you know, we're coming up on the anniversary. Uh, I guess it's tomorrow, tomorrow. And, and when we'll see what they do in terms of trying to further undermine the anniversary of Mueller. Right, yeah. right. Uh, there's no question they'll continue to undermine Mueller. Rudy Giuliani has said so publicly they want to start questioning why is the clock out running there. But it is significant, again, we're in a midterm election year. The Senate Intelligence Committee which has been a much more credible bipartisan investigation, forgive me, than the House side. That's just a fact. Uh, saying, yes, Russia meddled. Bipartisan. Every, almost every single Republican is a Democrat. And yes, the two chairmen agreeing that they accept the intelligence community assessment that that meddling was designed to hurt Clinton and help Trump. It was designed to hurt Clinton and help Trump, yet now we see Brennan concealed information that said something completely different. But, you know, whatever. So um, I want you to know that um, Warner said he, uh, the okay, I want you to listen to this. A bipartisan commission would not require Trump's consent. Congressional committee's investigations wouldn't need to be disbanded. Warner has said he would support empowering whoever can do it. If it became clear, his committee could not properly conduct an independent investigation. The membership of the select committee, according to Hennessy and Witt, should reflect an even partisan split or as close to it as politically possible. It's essential that the committee be chaired by a person whose commitment to a serious investigation is not subject to reasonable question. Our nominee is Lindsey Graham. 
Graham, a Republican senator from South Carolina who sits on the Senate Armed Services Committee, said that he would be open to forming a select committee to examine reports that U.S. intelligence officials intercepted calls between Trump's associates and Russian nationals during the campaign. I want to make sure myself that these intercepts exist, that the communications are outside the norm. Lindsey Graham said, if that's the case, it's time for Congress, in my view, Senate, to do a joint select committee where we look at it holistically. Now, these are words from the past. Are you seeing how they're biting them in arse right now? This is from 2017. 2017. Can you see the corruption coming up? Can you see it coming now up? Now with reaction to the attacks in New York, New Jersey, and Minnesota, and that DHSIG report is Senator Richard Burr, chairman of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. Good evening, Senator. Brett, good to be with you. Uh, since we're coming off James's report there, I, I guess I'll start there. It seems mind-boggling that that is, in fact, happening, that this is, this is not a political report. This is the DHS inspector general saying that these people were slated for de deportation and ended up getting citizenship. And, Brett, it, 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 it says why many members of Congress have said, let's put a pause on this. Let's figure out a system that we can feel confident really recognizes who we're allowing in and that the person they claim they are, they actually are. For an average person going through a, a, a citizenship, they go to their state capital and get fingerprinted every year. It's hard to believe they'd go back and rely on original fingerprints from years ago. All right, let's talk about what we know about New York, New Jersey attacks and this this guy, Rahami. Um, okay, so this is where the DHS IG said that 800-plus immigrants were granted citizenship due to incomplete fingerprint records. They were set to deport, and instead they got citizenships. Okay, so basically they got birth certificates, passports, social security numbers. And for some reason now they've realized that they shouldn't have gotten it. So then do they still have it? And that was Richard Burr talking. There's a reason as to why we're playing this one. And to just stay with me and you'll understand it. Okay, now you're going to listen to this. It works. The chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, Republican Richard Barr of North Carolina, reportedly forced to surrender his cell phone to federal agents tonight as part of the Justice Department's investigation into stock trades he made in the early days of coronavirus hitting here in the U.S. The federal agents are looking into whether Burr violated a law preventing members of Congress from trading on insider information. We'll dig for more details and keep you updated on that. Right. And let me tell you how this works. So they came for the phone. Now, remember that um, Brennan had set up a way that they spy on the Senate and Congress. Do you remember that? And I'll get into the details of that uh, possibly maybe later on in the show so you understand how this all worked out because this goes back to Snowden. So they already knew that these people knew about the coronavirus. They knew it. We're going to go back to this party that happened at Bezos' house. And we're also going to talk about the other party that they had that they all attended in the fall of 2019, where discussions ensued and purchases were made. It's not just about selling. It's about buying. Where did they buy? How did they make money on buying and then selling? 
So this is a great excuse to get, (laughs) to get what you need, even though you already have it, right? Because Brennan has set that up. We haven't deleted that. We're still using that and just saying, so dumb, so dumb, so dumb. They know it exists. So what do they think? That we're not using it. I mean, we haven't quashed it yet. So, hey. So here we go. How do you make this public? Well, we can't grab Pelosi by the hair, nor can we go to the, you know, uh, Democrats, but we're going to take the dirty, dirty Republicans. And here's where we start. Remember that dirty, dirty Republican that said, I don't know how the house is saying that there's no there, there. It's totally a there, there, right? They took control of it, right? Totally a there, there. Well, let's see. This is some karma coming back. This is some crow coming back. They thought they would get away with this. But instead of us going after one of their own, saying, oh, my gosh, he's just going after Democrats. It's like, oh, my gosh. Look what we found on Richard Burr's phone. Nancy, did you text him? Hey, were you guys, like, talking about this? Wait a minute. Wait. Oh, yeah. Remember that CARES Act bill? (laughs) How did you guys come up with that again? Let's talk about it. Wait, were you guys like, oh, so we got this from his phone. So we didn't even invest. We didn't even think of investigating the Democrats. Like, totally not. It's just like now we have the device and, oh, look at that. We see all this stuff. I mean, isn't that what Mueller did? Doesn't the FBI do that? I mean, once they take your phone, if they're after you you know, for a specific thing, let's just say, let's pretend they think that you're a cocaine dealer, right? But then they get your phone and they see that you're selling illegal cheesecakes. I'm just saying, uh, they didn't get you on drugs. They're like, damn, we invested in it. So, Hey, the law says that if we find another crime, we just have to prosecute for it. Even though that wasn't the scope of the investigation, which is sketchy in itself, because then it could be like, well, what if you just said there was a crime so you can investigate, didn't find a crime. So then you tried to find one to make sure that you can justify the taxpayer dollars you spent. So again, Burr's in a lot of trouble. Burr's in a lot of trouble. See, here he is uh, years ago talking about um, prisoners at Gitmo. John Jocelyn, the Weekly Standard, did a really long piece about Gitmo and who is actually leaving Guantanamo Bay, uh, suggesting that there are some pretty bad terrorists that actually have been transferred to the UAE, for example, and other places. Um, are you concerned about that closing, that it seems like uh, the administration wants and the president wants that to happen? Absolutely. Uh, we had no Boy Scouts at Gitmo. Don't, don't misunderstand. It was the level of, of, of threat that they presented. And what we're down to is we're down to hardcore people, individuals that uh, really, I, I question whether they can be rehabilitated. And uh, if given the avenue to get to a country where they can uh, marry back up with a, a mission, uh, they will do that. We've seen it happen, and we will continue to see it happen with uh, the hardest core uh, that we let go. So he was like, Obama's letting go of all these terrorists. I mean, I don't know what to make of this. I'm a little bit confused about it. Seems a little bit odd for me. But, you know, can we rehabilitate them? I don't know. We have to think about that one, uh, says uh, you know, Mr. Burr, but here's where he starts to go a little bit pear shaped. And that's in 2016, where he's talking about the New York and New Jersey bombings. I want you guys to listen. Could you park? Could you uh, pull a duffel bag down 23rd and 27th? 
Um, probably unlikely, but right now the evidence leads towards one individual. We're 48 hours into it. We have somebody in custody already. That's phenomenal. We've got devices that are intact. Let the forensics happen. I will assure you if there are more individuals, uh, we'll find uh, evidence that leads us that way. And there's a tremendous amount of media for the FBI to go through. What about this lone wolf versus organized or inspired? I mean, is we paint with these different words, but I mean, it, it is all terrorism. It is terrorism. Uh, America was attacked multiple times. We were attacked in Minnesota, we were attacked in New Jersey, we were attacked in, in New York. And uh, whether it was inspired, whether it was directed, I can tell you this that the uh, pressure cookers look like they were uh, matched out of Inspire magazine, which, by the way, was an Al-Qaeda publication. Um, I'm not sure about the pipe bombs, uh, whether there's some unique nature to them, but this has been influenced uh, greatly by uh, terrorists around the world. Uh, through that media, maybe we'll find whether there's selectors that tell us that they were talking to folks. Authorities say that he traveled to Afghanistan and Pakistan numerous times. Any details there? Well, I would only say this, that uh, the FBI understands the reason that he was in the region. That was not something alarming to him. Whether there were additional things while he was in the region that might have helped radicalize him in any way. Might have helped radicalize him. Let me tell you something. Do you know who Richard, uh, who, who, who Richard Burr is? He's a Bush presidency, one of the most corrupt. You know, the one that you think is Republican but isn't, right? The one that was like, oh, yeah, so where the most atrocities happened. The idiot that sold the fake Republican, the fake conservative. I mean, you know, we had a great face with Reagan, but we all know that it was Bush 41 that ran both those terms with Barr. Lock and step. I'll see you guys in a bit. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath my body and I will never ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. America is united. America is totally unstoppable. After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. 
Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So right now, we're going to get into the infiltration that occurred. So I've kind of given you some hints in regards to, you know, what's going on with Senator Burr and what we're doing. Uh, so I think it's important for us uh, to understand uh, how and why. Well, we do know the why, and we'll talk about that. But Lindsey Graham, Obama, the Obama administration hated Flynn, but so did Lindsey Graham. So it's a little bit weird to hear him speak out of both sides of his mouth. I want you guys to take a listen to this interview. We are back with a Fox News alert. The weekly jobless claims just released 2.98 million Americans filing for unemployment last week as the economy reels over the coronavirus, Brian. Right. This is higher than The Economist predicted, but it's down from over 3 million claims the previous week. We're at 36 million Americans who have filed for unemployment since the start of the pandemic eight weeks ago. And they say already 100,000 small businesses are down for the count. That is just before they even try to reopen and maybe realize they can't. Let's bring in South Carolina uh, Senator uh, Lindsey Graham, chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. We have a lot to discuss, but first I want you to comment on this. Uh, they expect unemployment to go up as high as 25 percent. Senator, when do we what are your what's your reaction to this number? Well, I think it's just uh, unfortunately what was required to save a couple million people from dying. There's no worse news that I've lost my job. My business has uh, had to close because of mitigation. I can't get work. That's a terrible blow to that family. The only thing worse is to be told your loved one just died of the coronavirus. This is the world that yeah. President Trump lives in. He had to shut the economy down to keep a couple million people from dying. The economy will come back, but those who have passed away won't come back. And these are the choices we have. 
Okay, let's talk about the unmasking because the list of names was made public yesterday. And yeah. uh, let's pull up some of the people that were requesting unmasking. You have uh, Joe Biden, James Comey, yeah. John Brennan, James Clapper, Samantha Power. <laughs> she requested seven times. And Dennis McDonough, who was the chief of staff. Why, I have so many questions for you. Why were there so many people requesting this unmasking? Why wouldn't just one person request it? And tell us about the process and your reaction to this. Well, number one, why are they asking to unmask the incoming national security advisor of the Trump administration? Why do you have the outgoing administration trying to follow conversations of the incoming administration? That is outrageous. General Flynn had every right to be talking with the Russians about policy differences they have with the Obama administration. He could talk to anybody he wanted to talk to about his new job. I guarantee you that every incoming administration during transition reaches out to foreign governments. I doubt that most outgoing administrations uh, spy on them. So this is an outrage. It's at least unethical. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. They had no business listening to anything General Flynn was saying about Trump policy. Right. I mean, I imagine Michael Flynn might have had a different conversation with Israel than maybe Susan Rice did because they seem to be butting heads with Israel. Hey, keep, you know, keep your powder dry. It's going to be a lot different when you it's going to be a lot different when you take over. Maybe Michael Flynn didn't realize there's nothing wrong with that. But, Senator, you know the law. There was nothing wrong with them unmasking. So for people to say unmasking means up to something diabolical, you can't put those two together. Senator Grassley didn't. Well, see, here's what I would say. You can request an unmasking of an American citizen who's on the other end of a conversation with a foreign agent. But you have to have a national security reason. Here's the concern that if you don't have a national security reason, you're basically spying or eavesdropping on a political opponent. They hated Flynn. They wanted him to be fired before he ever got the job. Was this an effort to undermine Flynn, or was it really about our national security? I talk to foreign leaders all the time about my differences with Obama foreign policy. When President Trump wanted to withdraw from Syria, I got on the phone and talked about everybody in the Mideast. If I find out they're listening to my conversation and reporting back to the White House what I'm saying to foreign leaders, that violates separation of powers. This is a big deal. What is the national security reason to unmask General Flynn in transition? I can't think of one, but I do believe, given their behavior, they're looking to get rid of Flynn. And if they used our intelligence apparatus to uh, basically act on a political vendetta, that's chilling to every American and would be very wrong. Well, let's uh, let's go to the Steve always calls it the Wayback Machine and show you this flashback montage of testimony from Comey, Clapper, and Brennan back in 2017. You didn't say one way or another whether even there's an investigation underway. Correct. I don't, especially in a public forum, we never confirm or deny a pending investigation. Fact is, the content of the calls is what matters. Do you have any knowledge of what the content of the call was? I don't. Did either of you ever request the unmasking of? Mr. Trump, his associates, or any member of Congress? Yes. In, in uh, one case, I did. You know, I, can, I can specifically uh, call, but I, I can't discuss it any further than that. Do you recall any U.S. ambassadors asking that names be unmasked? I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's ringing a vague bell, but I'm not. I could not answer with any confidence. 
So Samantha Power was also asked about it, and this is what she said. Any time a U.S. person or entity's name came to me disclosed or uh, annotated or where I requested it, and it came back, I never discussed it with another member of the human race. Mm -hmm. I have no recollection of making a request related to General Flynn. I have never leaked classified information. I have never leaked names that have come back to me in this highly compartmented compartmented process. I have, in fact, never leaked even unclassified information. What do you think when you hear those sound bites from 2017 and you hear what she said? Well, somebody leaked to the Washington Post the conversation between uh, General Flynn and the Russian ambassador during transition. She says it wasn't her. But even more chilling, Trey Gowdy asked Samantha Powers. Uh, he, he showed her a chart where she had made over 200 unmasking requests. And her answer was, I didn't make nearly that many. I didn't make that many unmasking requests. So here's the question. If she didn't make those requests, who did under her name? This stinks to high heaven. And again, you have to have a national security reason to unmask an American citizen who's involved in a conversation with a foreign entity. It can't be for political curiosity or for political revenge. This stinks to high heaven. And what they're about to do to General Flynn in federal court is the most disturbing thing I've seen as a lawyer in decades. I'll be glad to tell you why. Yeah, in a second. First, I want to go back to 2017 when you had a chance to ask James Clapper and uh, Sally Yates about these unmasking issues. Let's watch. Let me ask you this. Did anybody ever make a request to unmask the conversation between the Russian ambassador and Mr. Flynn? And again, Senator, I can't answer a question like Mr. that that Clapper, would call for you know classified information. The case? I don't. I, I, Is there I a way to find that out? Uh, well, in another setting, uh, it could be discussed. But there is a record somewhere of who sure. would make a request to unmask the conversation with General Flynn and the Russian ambassador. Well, I'm sh- uh, if one was made, there'd be a record of it. I, d- I can't speak to this specific case, but I can generally comment that in the case of 702 requests, yes. So what is he not saying and what is he saying in that now this that you is know the answer? Right. Well, this is a very important exchange because I read in the Washington Post that on January the 12th, David Ignatius wrote about a conversation between General Flynn and uh, former Russian ambassador in December. Uh, they were talking apparently about a different attitude towards sanctions. Uh, Obama po- imposed some sanctions on Russia as it was going out the door. They were pretty light, to be honest with you, for interfering in our election. And I think the, the line of attack was that Flynn was going to tell the Russians, we're going to have a new start here. Don't retaliate. He had every right to talk to the Russians about the Trump view of how to engage the Russians. The Obama administration had no right to unmask that conversation because there's no legitimate national security purpose here. The Logan Act does not apply to me as a senator. If I want to call some foreign government and register my disapproval with the administration's foreign policy, I'm not committing a crime. I'm not undercutting foreign policy of the administration. I'm able to speak for myself as a United States senator. So the incoming administration has to be able to conduct business without being spied on by the outgoing You're right. administration. You're right. You're right. Real quickly, we wanted to ask you about Judge Sullivan. What's your response right. to what he's doing? I am very concerned about what I see here. This Judge Gleason's being... Okay.
Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop it right there for a second because now I want you guys to take this in focus. Okay, take this in focus and understand. So, uh, what did Graham say that was weird? Okay, obviously the unmasking was not allowed. Everyone keeps talking about the December 29th phone call. They're not talking about the phone call that they actually had prior to that. Well, the discussion, which was about the UN on December 22nd. So, you know, everyone's focused on that and it's like, you're on the wrong timeline so that you can see why and how they started this and what they were using and why they were flying around to London. You know, I mean, I'm speaking from a position for what is it called? A point of privilege that I was sitting in the middle watching them communicate. I was literally watching them communicate. So, you know, uh, the, the, the fact that they all did it around the same time was because they knew that this UN discussion was going to happen. This is why they got all the information to make sure to see who the counterparts were. And they had the ambassador of Turkey in on it because they wanted to use whatever business he had in Turkey, pull information so we can weaponize it and see if we can stick it in there with that UN discussion. Everybody is like getting it wrong. And, you know, disinformation sometimes is very, very important. It can be a very fruitful weapon. But here... It's nothing but disinformation, okay? Complete disinformation. So you have to think. So we had all of this thing, all of these things happening, okay? All of these things happening before he became president. Their fallback plan was to ensure that they can infect the White House. Now, I told you, hmm? Continuity of government. I told you in my articles, Barack Hussein Obama is still president to them. They had set it up. This is why the National Security Council had to be done, had to be clean. Told you about Kroger. And this is important because when their loyalty, when there's a shadow government, and I haven't used that term in two years on air, I think a year and a half. And that's because I had played it out enough to the point where when it comes back into the news cycle, I could say, weren't we talking about that in 2018? Because sometimes I feel like even though I'm putting out the news, a lot of people question it. You know, you're nobody and I am nobody. I'm just like you. Hi, I work. Well, I, I, you know, I'm struggling to work, but I'm working. Oh, and by the way, they opened up expanded unemployment. So hopefully crossing fingers, that works. Um, <laughs> um, I'm just like you. I have a, a horrific private life. Um, I, and, you know, pray for me. I have, uh, you know, two beautiful girls. Uh, one of them is serving our country. The other one is ready to go to high school next year. Um, you know, I have the same pressures that you do pay the bills, work, look after kids and, and additional drama aside from this. So I'm just like you. So the fact, and, and, you know, I, you know, the fact that what I did for a living for such a long time, walking in those, uh, walking through things with galoshes, just like Pompeo is. And it's kind of making me wonder, you know. His galoshes, you know, he needs to start shedding them. But anyway, I, I, I want to tell you that I've been putting this out for you, not for the purpose of, hey, look at me, because I really don't care, right? I just care that someone gets the news out. I put it out for other people 
to see it because then they can think. I know my articles are a little bit weird. I'll throw in some random thing like a picture of Kellyanne Conway's husband in an article and you'll be like, what's that? And that's to get your juices flowing because when you see something random placed, you're just like, wait a minute, wait, what does that have to do with this? Because provoking thought allows you to see the bigger picture. How? Remember how I always say you must stand on the moon and look down and you can see heat maps, right? We've been talking about Turkey. We've been talking about Syria. We've been talking about how you step back and you can see it and you can literally do that. Well, you have to do it with this because if you step back and see it, think of all the planning they did that, uh, that we've been discussing on air here together for two and a half years. Think of all the planning that they've done. And now think, do you not think that they had implemented infiltration? I mean, I can tell you that I was looking forward to a Don Jr. Um, presidency to succeed at some point. Now I'm not because something happened. And most of you can see. See, I have a thing about handlers and handlers are sleepers, blockers, you need to see where they have been placed all over, not only in the Senate, the House, the intelligence community, the FBI, the DOJ, and the White House. You know, this White House has had a revolving door, and that's purposeful. Now, one might say, well, did the president not know? Well, he can't know everything. Why? Because like time travel, if I tell you something that is happening tomorrow, that might change because five people might turn left instead of right. That might change because, you know, an earthquake, no, not an earthquake, uh, you know, five kids that are stupid decide to cut power lines somewhere and there's an explosion and massive death. Suddenly, you know, something doesn't happen. I'm just saying. Things happen because what? And I've said this before. Humans are not, uh, you know, absolute. They have to be treated like nodes and variable nodes at that. So it's always like a degree, you know, of, I don't know, I don't know. Well, that's it. So the president had to realize slowly that even those things that he thought to the core were perfect were not. Even though those that spoke a great game and acted the right way were setting up booby traps everywhere he went. The clues were there. The clues were there. You know, I wonder if Rex Tillerson feels bad for what he did in China. I wonder if he feels bad because I can tell you as a fly on the wall, while they were in the Forbidden City... President Trump turned around to Rex and said, shut up, Rex, eat your salad. Those were his words, like, to the T. The president knew exactly where he needed to go. He knew exactly what needed to be done. And he had the right people by him. But those right people by him were more devoted to the idea of global cooperation. So a degree, right? So there's like this span, like, you know how they say on the spectrum. So there's an on the spectrum new world order. 
There's the one that it's like, boom, everybody's a slave. You know, uh, what's it called again? <laughs> that movie, uh, Hunger Games, like Hunger Games scenario where there's the city and then all these other factions, right? Super hardcore. And then there's like the pseudo soft one where the people don't really know that they're serving that government with no names on doors, judges that make rules that you don't know or appoint kind of like, you know, European union style where they have judges. They've never seen seen judges they don't know who they are and after the break i'm gonna play that clip from nigel farage saying that in parliament saying what's the point of me being you know part of this you know like a like a member of parliament when no matter what i say nobody cares because there's people that i don't know that have no names that are making the laws anyway so why are we here like this is so stupid and moot like it's like someone saying oh yeah we have like all these congress members congress members come and discuss i like this legislation i hate this and in the end nobody cares because the legislation is passing anyway they just have you up there like a circus so that the people think that they're in control so that's another spectrum and i'll tell you what people like mcmaster and general kelly and mccrystal and jones and hayden all abide by that people are just too dumb we need to control things we need to keep order and let them think in the guidelines we set. And then there's that micromanaging of what you can say, do, feel. And in order to get you to the point where you're as dumb as rocks and you really believe that these parliament shenanigans are actually real, right? Suddenly you're seeing communism and not understanding where it came from. And you're just like, uh, I didn't want this. And it's like, um, yeah, you voted for it. It's all yours. Please enjoy your meal. This is where we come to. So after the break, I want to talk about the White House staff that helped get this Flynn thing going. I want to talk about the unmasking and what it really tells you. Because everyone's just like, oh yeah, they like totally unmask. What does it mean to unmask? What were they unmasking? Why was the Russian ambassador unmasking? Why was the Turkish ambassador unmasking? And Turkish ambassador meaning the ambassador uh, for Russia, right? Taft and the ambassador for Turkey that was an American, right? And then we're going to talk about the FBI special agent from Rome that did a lot of shenanigans. We're going to talk about all these chief of staff, right? And chief, uh, you know, uh, messaging officers and all this stuff. This is where, and why was there a tech a tech. There was a guy, a cryptologist, a coder that unmasked. Tell me why a coder, a coder, not an officer, a coder, a coder would put in a request. His name is redacted. Why would a coder, why would someone that sits supposedly CIA, whatever, whoever pays his bill, right? Why would he be on there? Think you guys, like no one is pointing to those things. So you can just see what a huge operation this was. It was massive. And I myself and many others out there that I don't speak to, and that's the way things should be, um have been at its heels every single step of the way to show the people what's really, really going on. The amount of people that are going through things that are discussing, you hear the president say it, it's not just General Flynn. It's not just General Flynn. 
There's a lot of people going through things. People that are fighting for this country with every breath that they have because they understand the threat that is upon our nation. They understand just how they will stop at nothing to win these elections. They're pushing. So it's important to understand the key players. It's important to understand what has happened. And General Flynn is a key example. Key example. Ask yourself, why not General Flynn? And I'm going to play a clip for you after the break where the president is asked about General Flynn. He doesn't say much, but he says that he was speaking with General Milley, who we all love. Like, I wish I was a little kid, like five, six years old, and he was my grandpa. Like, seriously. And a boy, so we could play ball. You know, because I could just picture that. Like, I can picture him, you know, being that cuddly grandpa. And that's why I trust him. It sounds so weird, right? I mean, Hillary Clinton can look like a grandma. No, she can't. She probably looks at that baby as if it's like a hot dog or pizza. So, again, I just want to stress out. If you look at things objectively, not with what someone tells you, you see a lot more than anything. You'll see that the trip to London with Peter Strzok, Brennan, Page, all of them happened December 15th. Whoa, hello, hello. Look at where the majority of the polls were. That's all you have to look at. I'll see you in a bit. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So in this second hour, we're going to um, kind of delve into a few things that are pretty interesting. Mm, very interesting, actually. And so I want all of you to kind of just um, uh, listen uh, to things with ears that are completely objective. But before I get to that... I wanted to tell everyone that I'm going to be posting uh, for my subscribers on Subscribestar because you help me keep going, right? I have put some really big news that I'm not going to tell you guys until Tuesday on air. And um, on Friday, I will be hosting a kind of like a, you know, a contest uh, to win something for those that news that I'm going to tell you about on Tuesday. Um, it's pretty exciting because I know all of you are going to be like, "Oh my gosh, what what's happening?" Well, <laughs> let's just say his name was Seth Rich. So I am really really excited um, for what's coming. Uh, like I said, for the next 15 days, it's going to be incredible. We're going to be feeling like we're on top of the world. And then they're going to cut it 
down. They're going to make us feel horrible. You know, the facade of, uh, you know, their party is coming out. The facade from the news, the fake Republicans are coming out. People are seeing things for what they are. 85 to 12. 85 to 12 is how Coates was confirmed. 85 to 12. Remember that. 85 to 12. Dan's intellect and his judgment, his honorable service and his commitment to the workforce make him a natural fit as director of national intelligence, said Richard Burr, who just got his phone confiscated from the F- by the FBI. I have absolute trust. He will lead the community with integrity. Majority leader Mitch McConnell, he's an excellent choice. Mark Warner, the top Democrat, praised Coates. He's incredible, super incredible, super incredible. But Ron Wyden of Oregon voted against Coates because he was upset. Why? He wanted to know why U.S. citizens are getting swept under Section 702. See, when Democrats, some of them, they're not all bad. They're not all bad, are they? That's the thing. They're not all bad. The party's bad. Not all the people. It's kind of like China's bad, but not all the people. Kind of like Germany's bad, but not all the people. Kind of like Qatar is bad. Qatar, you are bad, but not all the people. See what I'm trying to get at? Because we have to be able to keep that impartiality. We have to be able to keep that separate. We have to be able to keep it separate. I'm telling you that when June comes, you are going to feel like we're losing. People are going to be saying, but the sky is blue. We're going to have people testifying um, in front of, you know, committees. We're talking intelligence, judiciary, everybody except for anybody. And they will be saying things like bringing in Baron Trump, for example, and then getting awarded a seat on Facebook to tell people when you're putting out fake news. We're going to be seeing things. You're going to be pulling your hair. And I want you guys to remember that there are many, many people that spoke up. And were silenced because they spoke up very, they were silenced hard. Uh, so take a listen to some of this silence. Miss Rivers, how are you? You made, you made a ton of news right. officiating the wedding in New York yesterday. Is this like a, is this like a new uh, cottage uh, career move I for you? I am so excited. Okay. And I should do very well because I don't show And do you think that the country will see the first, the United States will see the first gay president or the first woman well, we president? We already have it with Obama, so let's just calm down. Got it. You know Michelle is a trans. I'm sorry, she's a what? A transgender. We all know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. It's okay. And just like that, she was gone from something so routine. I'm just saying they make people disappear and there's people that you, uh, you know, don't even know existed. Take a listen to this just so that you can listen to their words from three years ago and understand where they are. Mm, let's see. Here we go. Dan Coach retired from his post. 
here in the Senate. <clears throat> At that time, I had a chance to reflect on our friend's impressive career, and I noted that we could expect him to rise to the occasion if called to serve his country once again. Well, that's exactly what Dan Coates is doing now. <clears throat> this time, he'll be taking on the role of Director of National Intelligence. It goes without saying that the president made an excellent choice in selecting Dan for this job. Our former colleague from Indiana has served his nation in the Army, in the House of Representatives, as the ambassador to Germany. And of course, he's also served his state here in the Senate where he was a leader on issues regarding our national security and intelligence community. <clears throat> I look forward to the Senate confirming him uh, today. We're also working toward an opportunity. Remember, he was nominated for intelligence director on January 5th, 2017. That's before the president of the United States swore in. Support another of the president's exceptional selections. Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster, his choice for national security advisor. That's because, you know, they got General Flynn out of the picture. The chairman of the Armed Services Committee recently called him an outstanding choice, a man of genuine intellect, character, and ability. <clears throat> he will now be tasked with adapting his vast experience to the responsibility of coordinating our national security policy at a time when our nation faces myriad threats and challenges. I know each of us appreciates the willingness of both former Senator Coates and General McMaster to take on these challenging positions for their, and for their continued efforts to keep our country safe. Huh. So did Mitch McConnell know or did he not know? I mean, McMaster made sure, you know, think, think. Who do you remember and, I, you know, I task you with this and, I, and I'll wait for you to send me the message. Who do you remember? Who do you remember suggesting that um, Dan Coates would make an excellent ODNI? Think there's more than one, but think who suggested it. Now, did they do it on purpose? Because there were more than one, right? Did he do it on purpose? Did he not do it on purpose? This is what you have to remember. Who had put him forward? It's very important. Now, I stray back to Lindsey Graham that I've been telling you about since forever on how he dies on fake swords and how he says things. But one person that we should bring into, you know, a questioning circle would be Barack Hussein Obama. And he's going to decline it. And just, just so you know, there's no way they'd put their leader up there. There is no way, no way. After that battle cry, he doesn't want his family disappearing. He doesn't want things to happen. He doesn't. Here's a little clip from Fox News talking about how Biden was on the list of Obama officials who requested Flynn's unmasking. Now, his name was all the way at the end. And, you know, everyone's telling you about the February, the January 5th meeting. Stop. Stop. What have I told you? They had more meetings than that. And one of them was on January 12th. And it was pulled for what reason? Yes, we will get to SCOTUS. SCOTUS will be coming out because they were trying everything. This is where they filed for the FISA, where they got the FISA on the 7th. Okay. Let me just 
take it a notch back and I want you guys to listen to the analysis of the Murdoch Corporation. News alert, newly declassified documents identifying more than a dozen Obama administration officials involved in the unmasking of Michael Flynn. And at the top of that list, former Vice President Joe Biden. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sandra Smith. And a very pleasant good morning to you, Sandra. I'm Ed Henry. The officials who were authorized to receive that information include Joe Biden, the former Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, former FBI Chief James Comey, the former Treasury Secretary Jack Lew, former CIA Director John Brennan, former U.N. Ambassador Samantha Power, and President Obama's Chief of Staff Dennis McDonough. Those officials all making requests that may have identified Flynn as the American overheard in that December 2016 call talking to the Russian ambassador about lifting U.S. sanctions. President Trump and Republicans calling it proof the Obama administration sought to undermine him from the very beginning. This was all Obama. This was all Biden. These people were corrupt. The whole thing was corrupt. And we caught them. General Flynn is really just the tip of the iceberg. What it appears to me like what they were doing uh, is a lot of them went wild uh, after Trump won. They got poisoned with this Russia hoax. If Vice President Biden and the president's inner circle of advisors were all listening to a senior Trump administration advisor's private phone conversation, this would amount to a serious abuse of power. This is an outrage. It's at least unethical. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. They had no business listening to anything General Flynn was saying about Trump policy. Fox team coverage now. Former House Oversight Chairman Trey Gowdy here live to react. But we begin this hour with Chief White House Correspondent John Roberts live on the North Lawn. Good morning, John. Ed, good morning to you. There are things that we know and things that we don't know about this whole situation. First to the things that we know. We do know that between Election Day 2016 and the end of January 2017, requests to unmask the name of General Michael Flynn were submitted either by or on behalf of Vice President Joe Biden, the White House Chief of Staff Dennis McDonough, Treasury Secretary Jack Lew, the U.N. Ambassador Samantha Power, the Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, the CIA Director John Brennan, and the FBI. Director James Comey, among others. Now, what we do not know, we do not know whether those individuals saw the unmasked information. That's according to the National Security Agency, which gathered the intelligence intercepts and did the unmasking. We don't know why they requested the information, and we do not know who, if any of them, leaked Michael Flynn's name to the media. In an interview with Fox Business's Maria Bartiromo, though, President Trump says he has no doubt that this was all an attempt to get him. Listen here. It was the greatest political crime in the history of our country. If I were a Democrat instead of a Republican, uh, I think everybody would have been in jail a long time ago. Now, the inclusion of Joe Biden's name on the list is of particular interest because the other day on Good Morning America, he first said that he knew nothing about the investigation of Michael Flynn and then said that he was made aware that the FBI was looking into him. Here's how President Trump reacted. I watched Biden yesterday. He could barely speak. He was on Good Morning America, right? And he said he didn't know anything about it. And now it just gets released right after he said that. It gets released that he was one of the unmaskers, meaning he knew everything about it. 
And uh, former Vice President Biden responding, these documents simply indicate the breadth and depth of concern across the American government, including among career officials, over intelligence reports of Michael Flynn's attempts to undermine ongoing American national security policy through discussions with Russian officials or other foreign representatives. All of this is going to be looked into by Prosecutor John Durham, who is investigating the roots of the Russia investigation. We will likely hear from President Trump today as well, Ed. Mm. He leaves the White House at 12 o'clock. He is headed up to Allentown, Pennsylvania, where he'll hold an event at a company that makes and distributes personal protective equipment. So a couple of opportunities to hear yep. from the president, but no question by the tone there in Maria's interview, he's pretty incensed about the whole he thing. He certainly is, and we'll be there live when he's in Pennsylvania. John Roberts, thank you. So uh, what we're observing right now, and, and, and I want you to understand, is uh, pure panic. See, they believe they had the upper hand because they own the media. But now we are breaking through that fabric. All of us are. People are starting to listen. And, you know, always it's the message above the messenger, okay? It doesn't matter how it goes. You know, I'm a bit salty that, you know, big, uh, you know, people, you know, with bigger platforms, okay? With bigger platforms won't report it as it is because, again, if they reported it when I did and I sent it to them, then maybe we wouldn't be here. (laughs) Let me rephrase that. We would definitely not be here. We wouldn't be in this position. But everything happens for a reason. And that reason is that, you know, first of all, we can't predict. We cannot predict uh, human outcome uh, with 100% certainty, right? Timelines change. I said Labor Day. I was a year early because I expected something else. I just took it as a given. But, you know, taking that into consideration, I can always alter uh, the algorithm used by myself doing math (laughs) to find the outcome. So what is the outcome? Okay, again, going back into history to remember the farces. The one thing that I've been saying since 2017 is impeach 44. And it will happen. I mean, at the very least, let's, let's put it this way. This is the United States of America. Nobody cares if you're gay. Nobody cares if you're a tranny. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You want to change your sex? Do it. You want to love the same sex? Do it. This is America. We don't care. The only people that see color or see division are the ones that are seeking to control you. Because I really don't care what you do behind closed doors. And if you're happy being a woman, even though you were born a man, you do you, boo-boo. It doesn't affect me, right? So then why at the very core have this lie? Miss Rivers, how are you? You made you made a ton of news officiating the wedding in New York yesterday. Is this like a is this like a new uh, cottage uh, career move I for you? I am so excited. Okay. And I should do very well because I don't show. And do you think that the country will see the first the United States will see the first gay president or the first woman well, we president? We already have it with Obama, so let's just calm down. Got it. You know Michelle is a trans. I'm sorry, she's a what? A transgender. We all know. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. So ask yourself, where's her surgeon? They didn't commit suicide, did they? I'm just thinking, because we did have a lot of doctors in New York have some issues. I just thought I'd let you know. So if you're lying about the most basic thing that you identify as, 
what else have you been lying about? I mean, I've told you guys of Stanley and Dunham. That's mom, by the way. I told you, Petrie boy, he's told you that he was born in Morocco because that is the only place that they were conducting births like that. But that'll come later. We need not. I'm just planting that seed for you to remember it at a later time. Or, you know, now that you're at home, for those of you stuck in your states, because apparently the state I'm in is open, but nothing's really open. It's kind of like governors are colluding with businesses. Kind of like the way Doug Burgum lied. We'll get to that uh, toward the end of the show. Now, going back, okay, just so that we understand here, going back in time, because I, it was prompted to me by a fellow listener subscriber, and I think I should uh, revisit this. On February 12, 2020, Nadler, who was wearing his big boy pants, <laughs> sent a letter to the attorney general. You guys remember that? We are writing to confirm your agreement to testify before the House Judiciary Committee on March 31st, 2020. In an interest of transparency, we wish to be candid about one set of concerns we plan to address at the hearing. Since President Trump took office, we have repeatedly warned you and your predecessors that the misuse of our criminal justice system for political purposes is both dangerous to our democracy and unacceptable to the House Judiciary Committee. Our Republican colleagues have warned the department of the same. We have been consistent and bipartisan. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) The bipartisan part threw me off a bit in this message for years. In your tenure as attorney general, you have engaged in a pattern of conduct in legal matters relating to the president that raises significant concerns for this committee. (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't say it with a straight face. I'm really trying because I, okay. In the past week alone, you have taken steps that raise grave questions about your leadership of the department of justice. These include... The ongoing developments following the removal of U.S. Attorney Jesse Liu, who oversaw the prosecutions of President Trump's deputy campaign chairman, Rick Gates, President Trump's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, and President Trump's longtime political advisor, Roger Stone. Wait a minute. Was Nagler upset that the U.S. attorney that oversaw all the prosecutions was fired? Wait, but the individual prosecutors weren't reprimanded. She was just removed. Remember, she was a Department of Energy. Wait a minute. You want to talk unmasking? Wait, no, I'll, I'll stay there. I'll just say, take a look at the unmasking documents and then find the Department of Energy. And you're going to sit there and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, Tori. Hold on. Department of Energy. What business do they have unmasking Flynn? What were they trying to do? Now, um, you know, for many jobs that I applied for after coming to the U.S., odd jobs, you know, while I was a student, one of them was working for energy companies. And they had labs, obviously. You have to get clearances for those positions. So I want you to just put your little thinking hat on because this isn't something we need to address right now. 
But think, look at how many Department of Energy requests were done. And then I want you to go back to ToriSays.com and look at an article how I wrote that there was this chick named Priya who worked at the Department of Energy Nuclear as a lawyer and uh, the Department of Treasury overseeing the Department of Energy's checkbook that now is at a firm, a law firm. And for some reason, she was getting uh, information supposedly about mid-year exam, supposedly about mid-year exam from Strzok. There's actually documentation that Peter Strzok was sending this lawyer at the Department of Treasury at the time. They used to be with the Department of Energy during Uranium One information. I just want you to look at that article and just like look at something in there and then get your juices flowing because it's not time yet for that. But I want that to sit. So first of all, Jesse Liu. Right. Then next bullet point, the creation of a new process by which President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, can feed the Department of Justice information through you about the president's political rivals. Well, let's see. Rudy Giuliani is a private citizen that's also the attorney for the private citizen part, which there isn't really much of President Trump. So I guess Nadler doesn't want private citizens like John Solomon, you, me, your mother, your neighbor to be feeding information to the Department of Justice because that's not allowed to have outside researchers. Okay. And then the next bullet point, the decision to overrule your career prosecutors and significantly reduce the recommended sentence for Roger Stone, who has been convicted for lying under oath at the apparent request of the president, a decision that led to all four prosecutors handling the case to withdraw from proceedings in protest. Wait. So here's what we're going to do. If he's getting prosecuted for lying under oath, right? Right. Can we get all of the clowns that have been lying under oath thrown in jail too? Think about it. So this meeting hasn't happened yet. So the question is, can we get Barr to actually be like, yeah, I totally want to come. I'm coming. Set it up. So that way Nadler can say, oh, Mr. Barr, coronavirus can't do it right now. Rain check. Because this is going to be really difficult for them. You want to know why we removed her? All right. Here's where we go. Game time. He's not going to want that. He's not going to want that. Now, remember, hold on. Let's breeze through these commercials. We don't need them. Uh, No, we do actually. Let me, I want to listen to my president's advertisement. Ah, forgive me. Forgive me. I can, I can revisit this. Let's listen to it. I want to listen to it. Here we go. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone 
to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. Welcome back, everyone. Okay, so where were we? We were at the point where I think I need to do a quick article and ask Nadler if he's going to call Barr now because we totally love to hear from Barr as to how all of this is so bad, which he'll kindly refuse, of course, <laughs> because it's going to be kind of difficult because this is where Barr's like, nah, man, we don't need to do it in session. Let's talk now. So Jesse knew that all of this is BS, and so... Mm, and, you know, if Roger Stone actually goes to jail, uh, that means all of you suckers are going to go to jail because we're going to be using the same thing. See, you held the United States was being terrorized for three and a half years. You're still pushing the Russia hoax. You're still lying. You wiretapped the president. We got a lot. Let's talk. This is what we need. This is what we need. So uh, Nadler's a, a little chicken, unless, unless he gets this done around June, right? So if he gets this done and pulls in around June, right, that's when they're going to have it because they're going to have General Flynn before the Judiciary Committee, okay? Since they're going to have General Flynn before the Judiciary Committee, uh, that may be the time that we want Barr to be in front of the Judiciary Committee and answer the questions from uh, that, uh, you know, so-called grandstanding. Now, 
Let's um let's take a little um peek at um what Lindsey Graham said about Emmett Sullivan. I, I want you guys to listen to this part carefully. I am very concerned about what I see here. This Judge Gleason's being appointed as an amicus for the court. Here's the theory of the case. They're, they're going to argue, apparently, that when Judge, uh, when uh, uh, General Flynn pled guilty and changed his plea, they're going to hold him in contempt of court because when he pled guilty, now he's saying he wants to withdraw his plea. He must have lied to the court. Here's the one thing we can never uh, tolerate. If the government is withholding evidence in your case that's exculpatory, the court needs to allow you to change your plea based on advice of new counsel. So to deny uh, General Flynn the ability to change his plea because the government withheld exculpatory evidence is rewarding bad behavior by the government and, and, and to punish him for following advice of a new lawyer is unconscionable. This happens in America all the time. Some kid is charged with robbing a store or stealing a car and they find out the cops were a little bit shady they uh they allow the kid to withdraw his plea and get get a fair shake here so i hope and pray that they're not going down the road of trying to punish general flynn for changing his plea because the government withheld evidence in this case that would be so wrong it would be, but I think that's the. But if you look at this other judge, it looks like the road they're heading. Senator Graham, he will talk be to you again. Thanks so much. Beyond belief, if that happened. Thank you. Did he say screwed beyond Thanks, belief? Sir. Hold on, hold on. Did he just say that again? Last thirty seconds. To punish General Flynn for changing gotcha. his plea because the government withheld evidence in this gotcha. case. That would be so wrong. It would be, but I think that's the. But if you look at this other judge, it looks like the road they're heading. Senator Graham, he will talk be to you again. Thanks so much. Beyond belief, if that happened, he did he say it. He will be getting screwed beyond belief if it did happen. What? So, do you guys know um, the the statement of doves crying. Do you guys know what that means? So when doves cry, it was actually a symbol that things that change from bad to good happen. So, um, you know, I've always said that there are people that have left you some breadcrumbs on what is and what isn't. I think it's important that we kind of, um, Listen to the guy who Where? who was the first person to exist with only one, not letter, but symbol. Pretty interesting. Um, that obviously overdosed, of course. Uh, I want you to listen to the words of this song, please.
got some birds that are singing and crying right now, but you know, you'll be happy to know that Snopes actually checked to see if doves can actually cry. Now, this song, I want you to know, is where it happens. This is when there's conflict for good. And this is, you know, Prince was a very confusing person, right? He pulled a rib out, wanted to be what we know now is asexual at the time. This is why he didn't want to abide by a name. Uh, but this is what happens when uh, creative genius, uh, you know, removes boundaries. Uh, and, and, and I don't think that's bad, um, though. Boundaries are what uh, is different. See, uh, people that label people insane or crazy do so because they set boundaries. So isn't it crazy that they set boundaries on thought? I mean, that's just a, you know, philosophical type question on that one. But here's where we see, we see the insanity coming forward. We see the insanity coming forward. We see the back, you know, they're walking everything back. We're seeing an explosion of information. You know, we saw a lefty calling out another lefty. Why didn't you call people for comment on unmasking? Well, wait a minute. Wait till you see all the other people that were being unmasked. Like there's some really bad things happening to a lot of people. I want you guys to listen to what the president had to say yesterday. Check out the red lights and traffic. It's not what we're supposed to be doing. Been there a long time. Uh, you know, our force is down quite a bit, as you know, we're way down. And a lot of people have come back, brought them back. But uh, the government has to be able at some point to do something for themselves. 
Yes. <laughs> President Powell today, Chairman Powell today said both that he wasn't interested in bringing interest rates negative and that he saw us, uh, a need. For okay, we're going to skip over Colin Powell. We're going to skip we over that. We're going to skip over that for a second because we need to listen to this part. A fantastic race, and this was all mail-in ballots. This was all uh, mailed ballots. And when they saw, because it was mailed, they saw they were losing three days ago, and they ended up putting polling booths in, into basically Democrat areas. Uh, but despite that, it's looking like Mike Garcia. I don't know if they've called the race yet, but he was substantially ahead. That's the problem with mail-in ballots. Are they going to dump a whole pile of ballots on your desk just before the election? So the problem with the mail-in ballots, it's subject to tremendous uh, corruption, tremendous corruption, cheating. And so I'm, I'm against it. And if you look at the bill that Nancy Pelosi is putting in, has a lot to do with elections. And that we're not going to we're not going to lose elections because of that. And I do think you should mention the fact that the Republicans won two major congressional seats last night. I think it's really worthy of mentioning. Do you believe that the judge presiding over the Mike Flynn case? Well, let's finish with your question. Is that bill a non-starter? Is there anything in there? Look, he put the General Flynn question on the burner, but he's going to answer in a different way. Just listen to what he tells the people. Well, it's, uh, as they say, DOA, right? DOA. So the bill that Nancy Pelosi and them are pushing is dead on arrival, he said. Dead on arrival. Of course, Nancy Pelosi knows that, you know, obviously. Thank you, Mr. President. Do you believe that the judge presiding over the Michael Flynn case, uh, Emmett Sullivan, ought to recuse himself or be disqualified for being biased against Mr. Flynn? Now, like I said, there's a lot of patriots out there going through the same thing General Flynn is. You're just not hearing about it. I was just with General Milley and some other generals, and I asked them about General Flynn. Do you know him? They said, yes, sir, I've known him for 20 years. What do you think? He's an incredible man, an incredible soldier. He's an incredible general. This is General Milley, head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, four-star. He's done fantastically. He thinks General Flynn is a great, great gentleman and a real fighter. And when I see what is happening to him, it's disgraceful. And it was all a ruse. And by the way, the FBI said he didn't lie. The FBI said he did not lie. So with all the stuff I'm hearing about lying, the FBI said he didn't lie. But the uh, sleazebag said, well, we don't care what what they say. We're saying he lied. Okay, but the FBI, you remember when they left, they said he didn't lie. What they've done to that man and that family is a disgrace. But I just tell you that because I just left General Milley and he said, a great man and a great soldier. Would you consider a pardon, a pardon for Mr. Flynn? I won't talk about that, but he's going to be okay. And he's going to be the, just fine. What about the and I'm very, very uh, saddened by what's happening to General Flynn and others. I want to tell you right now, and others. Yes, and others. And he's going to be okay. You get it? See, this is where it's down to it. We already know the outcome because, like I said, even though the dates may be a little bit shifted because things are unprecedented, it means nothing. It's still going to happen. So, you know, you have to look at this fight that is going on, a big fight 
against you. A big fight. So huge. So massive. I mean, you have to remember these things. You have to see what they had said in the past and what's going forward. This is what you have to see. This is what you have to remember because the past always proves the future because there is no future with no past. So what you're seeing develop now easily tells you what you are going to see tomorrow, but we just don't know how to pay attention to it the right way. And that's because we're congested and, and not only congested with information warfare, but congested with, <laughs> with life. They're creating more struggles for people to be able to take time and think, uh, creating more issues for you to be focused on this and that first amendment, second amendment, fourth amendment, this amendment, that amendment. Can I go here? Can I go there? They're bombarding you. Look at this. They've put us in our houses. They have put us under house arrest. They have stalled everything. The economy Everything has been stalled. Why? To distract you for what's happening because they have been gearing up on their new plan. But unfortunately for them, we can tell the future. They can only kind of guess. Not a lot of upgrades on their side that actually work. So the, the, the key here to remember is the next 90 days from June 1st until Labor Day, it will be important for you to understand that the noise that are ma- they are making, the insanity you're seeing, because you're seeing, you saw, uh, what's his face himself, uh, Brian Selter, uh, foam at the mouth and say, stop looking at, you know, oh yeah, this happened. Oh yeah, this happened. Focus on, you're going to die from coronavirus. I mean, listen to the pure panic in this one. So back with the breaking news right now, I want to bring in the DNC Communications Director Sochi Inahosa. As you look on your screen there, that was the date, uh, December 17 and January of that year, where Joe Biden's name turned up on that list. Sochi, thank you for your time. And I know this is in real time. Why, why would Joe Biden want to know about Michael Flynn back then? First of all, this is a distraction. All you're having Republicans do right now is distract from the fact that they continue to politicize the Justice Department. I'm someone who worked there, and I understand the independence of the Justice Department. And yet you have thousands of Justice Department employees who reacted to the Flynn news. And I think that generally what we want to see is to make sure that the independence returns to the Justice Department. What you'll also unmasking and something like unmasking is something that you are just looking to see more intelligent. It is nothing that is scandalous in any way. But frankly, this is going to backfire on Republicans because it just showed how serious Flynn was and his conversations with the Russians. So Republicans can try to use this to play political football. But in reality, this is going to backfire with them. Is that a crime to talk to uh, other countries during that period? Well, I think that it when Well, whenever you are are trying to interfere in an election or in any way um, try to go against the United States, I think that, you know, that is something that is. And so I think that right now, where was the pro- when it comes was to the plan pro- and sorry. Department of Justice sorry, politicizing things, this is just time and time what, again, right you continue on. to see this Justice Department politicize issues in order to help Donald Trump. 
The answer there was a suggestion that there was collusion. There's been no proof of that. Where's yours? You continue to see this Justice Department and specifically, you know, Bill Barr trying to cover up for the president generally. And so I think that right now what's happening is you have thousands of Justice Department former employees who have come out and said, we want independence. What? Politicizing the Justice Department like Barack Hussein Obama? You mean you guys don't have any more of your people there? That's the problem. They don't have any more of their people there. But I warned and I told you the peripheries are at work. And I'm going to introduce to you some of the periphery work because we had someone standing right across from our president lying lying yesterday. Governor Burgum lied. He said, we didn't close the state. Yes, he did. We this. For all of you iPhone users, you already have the Care 19 app incorporated in your health app, just so you know. So if you're an iPhone user and you've updated your phone, you've got contact tracing and we're going to get into that. This is it. They know they lost the center control. They know. And it's not something that Barr wanted to do. You know, he's old school, man. I was talking with a friend of mine and, you know, he's one of those, you know, where their poop doesn't stink kind of scenario. We're, we're corrupt, but we don't, we, you know, we wear our scarves and pick up our pinkies when we drink tea. We don't just brazenly do things like this. Training with the executive branch because otherwise it doesn't work. So you got to eliminate that compliance when you make a mandate um, and then you do training, particularly in the city, I'll call them licensing departments, whether it's zoning, buildings, um, housing will be impacted by it, planning certainly. Um, and, it's, and, you, and you pick the people that run those agencies and the deputies that are pledging allegiance to the new world order. And Listen to that again. So this is a mayor talking about how they pick people within their state to run committees like housing appropriation committees to be uh, dedicated to. And the deputies that are pledging allegiance to the new world order. And Did you catch that again? That are pledging allegiance to the new world order and good governance. And then I think you have... This is how they fight back. They're using the peripheries. I said it. The peripheries are the one you have to keep an eye on. That's why I have files on major states. But North Dakota is very important. And you're going to find out soon why. If you don't see it from their flag and you don't see it from their subversive methods. If you don't see it that Abbott has been dropping cash into the governor's pockets. If you don't see that the governor has been funding the campaigns for specific people on appropriation committees. If you don't see see how the head of the Minot Air Force Base was removed. The fire at the Minot Air Force Base that happened um, and the lies. But this is coming to fruition and you can hear her screeching now. We want an independent Justice Department. But right now, the American people can't trust that this Justice Department and that this attorney general... This Justice Department, you mean the one that had a fixed jury against Roger Stone? That Justice Department? That they are fair and that they are neutral. 
or like the FISA courts that signed off without looking to see that the PP story with hookers in a hotel was actually something Senator, former Senator Harry Reid, Mr. Mother Jones, Mr. I had cancer and then I was playing around with a TheraBan and it hit me in my face so I sued them, actually was caught with hookers peeing on a bed. See, they don't just make up stories out of nowhere. It's based on true stories, right? And that they aren't just playing political games in order to benefit Donald Trump. Oh, but we haven't been playing political games for almost four years now so that Barack Hussein Obama can maintain. Remember, guys, how at the beginning of January he was floating, I know you want me to do a third term. He was planting it because they were sure that SCOTUS would help them out and they couldn't because they were like, this is way too brazen. You got to circle back and you got to impeach him somehow. I'm not doing it. When that conversation pops, it's all over. It's all over and it's going to pop. And I said... 90 days. We're giving them 90 days to pull out their final second wind. You know that when you're running and you're just like, oh my God, I only have like 50 feet to go. And then you suddenly get this second wind of I'm there. That's what you're going to see coming from the Democrats. And then it's like, they're done. One more time. Where's the proof about collusion? Sochi? She hasn't answered that question. Well, I leave that to the investigators. And frankly, you have seen the investigation done. And, and again, you have seen, and I encourage you to look at all of the work that Democrats have done in the House to continue to show the cover-up by Donald Trump and to continue to show step-by-step step in every form the cover-up by Donald Trump. And so... Cover-up by Donald Trump. Well, I okay. think that... Right now, this is extremely troubling. And if I were your viewers watching at home, I would say, you know what? I want a new president and I want a new Justice Department. Yeah, we want Joe Biden, who's been in office for 40 years and has done nothing, unmasked General Flynn and was attempting to get a third term with his buddy Obama. Who is going to remain independent and who is going to take into consideration the rule of law before anything okay, else. I- Where's the rule of law on what they've been doing? Fixed juries, unmasking, trapping people, manufacturing false accusations, manufacturing false 302s, manufacturing everything in their mother, colluding with enemies of our nation to take down our president. Uh, I'm sorry. I asked it twice. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear an answer of proof. However, I did hear this yesterday. Yesterday on ABC, Good Morning America, Joe Biden was asked about it by George Stephanopoulos about the meeting in the Oval Office, 5th of January, 2017. Watch. And I know nothing about those <laughs> got to investigate Michael Flynn, number one. Now, I thought you asked me whether or not I had anything to do with him being prosecuted. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I was aware that there was, that there, they asked for an investigation. So, again, that was about a week part, uh, a week's time apart, you know, January 5th and the 12th of January. Again, I'll just try it one more time. Why would Joe Biden want to know about Michael Flynn at that time? Because... Because, again, unmasking, first of all, is just trying to um, get make sure that you are getting more intelligence. And when it comes to Michael Flynn, and I, as I've said this already, um, when it comes to Michael Flynn, this is going to backfire on Republicans because they are trying to find more information when it came to Michael Flynn and his discussions with Russia. That's exactly what my again, answer was I, before. I, I, was, I, I was looking for a crime. I, I haven't heard it there. I was asking for 
So basically, she admitted that they went fishing to find a crime, you know, because as being someone that has been on the receiving end of getting a colonoscopy of your life so that they can find a crime, but they can't. I could tell you this is normal practice for corrupt people. But you know what? You got to have your eyes out because these peripherals, these governors, these mayors, geez, what they're doing to the people is incredible. It's really, really bad, you guys. Just so you know, in North Dakota, even though they're open and it's no big deal, if you don't abide by contact tracing, you get 30 days of jail and a $1,500 fine. You get charged with a misdemeanor. Just a note. We'll talk about that tomorrow. On that note, I want to wish everyone a fabulous evening. God bless from all of us here at Red State. And don't forget, subscribe. Subscribe star.